This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code rebel25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life. And calm me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. There is not a single supplement product in the US that is made from real mushrooms that was grown in the US. Simply cannot do it. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Hello and welcome back to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I am super excited about today's episode. We are talking fungi, mushrooms, shrooms with the one and only Jeff Children. I love mushrooms at a whole different level in this new decade than I did back in the 70s and 80s. (laughs) For those who know me very well know that my first cup of java in the morning gets a teaspoon of coconut oil and also gets a teaspoon of mushroom extracts made from a blend of rishi, shiitake, mataki, turkey tail, and shaga, also known as the five defenders. Today, you will learn more why I do this, but also why it's important to buy mushroom extracts that are quality grown and the health benefits of medicinal mushrooms. From a legend in the mushroom industry for quite some time, Jeff Children. Jeff Children studied ethnomycology at the University of Washington in the late 60s, and in 1973 began a 10-year career as a large-scale commercial mushroom grower. A founder of Mycomedia, which sponsored four mushroom conferences from 1979 to 1985, Jeff is the co-founder of the Mushroom Cultivator, 
published in 1983, which is a fantastic book for those of you that want to learn about mushrooms. And in 1989, Jeff established Namix, the first company to supply medicinal mushroom extracts to the nutritional supplement industry. And in 1997, he organized the first organic certification workshop for mushroom production in China. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed this interview. And I will be giving away three bags of Five Defenders coffee made by Real Mushrooms, which is Jeff's company. Thank you and enjoy this episode. I am super excited today. I've been wanting to cover this topic on mushrooms for over three years now. And I've been waiting for the right person for the topic. And I found the king of mushrooms himself. And I am beyond blessed that you reached out to me. In fact, when I saw your email come through, I jumped out of my seat and shouted, yes. Today's guest is Jeff Children. And we are going to be discussing shrooms. And Jeff is the co-author of a book that has been in my library for some 12 plus years now, The Mushroom Cultivator. Jeff, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, sir. Tom. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you. Like I said, this is a topic that I've been wanting to cover. And I, I've been wanting the right person. And you have been studying mushrooms for oh, since the early, late 60s, correct? Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and you know, Tom, I, I was fortunate enough that I was uh, <clears throat> born and raised in a part of the U.S., that is probably the most perfect environment for wild mushrooms in the world. And that's uh, up in the Washington state, the Seattle area. So I've had mushrooms around me since I was a youngster. Well, now I'm going to, in my history of mushrooms, of course, in the seventies, I dabbled in psilocybin mushrooms. Sure. And then I lived in Michigan. So we had morales. Yeah, absolutely. And we had the puffballs, those big white yeah, puffball yeah, yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. And <laughs> That's right. It looked like a soccer ball. They can get so big. Yeah, I've got a funny story about that. I went on a fishing trip up there for steelhead. The salmon runs in the fall. I'm sorry. And in the fall, the mush- those puffball mushrooms come out. And my buddy brought one to the campsite. He said, hey, we're going to eat this tonight. I'm like, okay. He said, you like your shrooms? And I'm like, yeah, I do. So he cooked that up on a skillet, and I'm like, this is the nastiest tasting shit I've ever tasted. <laughs> and they said, well, we got to eat it because you love mushrooms. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but this puffball has no flavor. Anyway. I know. It probably tasted like the butter it was cooked in. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It tastes, I said, we may as well just eat that pat of butter. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really find a, a puffball to be very uh, uh, flavorful or interesting. I, I never eat them. Uh, you know, there's so many do. other better mushrooms. That, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. how did you get into this amazing world of medicinal mushrooms and mushrooms in general to begin with? Well, you know, I, as a youngster, parents uh, of my friends who were mushroom hunters, they, they, they took me out with them with my friends. And, and I, so I went out mushroom hunting with them. And, you know, you, you know, I don't have to tell you, mushroom hunting is like a treasure hunt. You're out walking in the woods. It's a fabulous environment. It's beautiful. Right. It's fall, so maybe it's raining a little bit. But but 
you know, beautiful area to walk in. You find mushrooms, you're like, oh, wow, look at this. And it's just like fantastic. So I kind of got an interest there. And then when I went to university, and that was in the late 60s, I studied anthropology. But what I did is, is I also took mycology courses because we had a great mycology department at the University of Washington. So I put the two together and it became a study of ethnomycology, which is the study of, of mushrooms used for food, for medicine, and in shamanic purposes worldwide. So, so that was my study in university. And, 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 you know, after university, there's not a lot of jobs in anthropology. So I actually talked to my mycology professor and I said, you know, I really, I'm kind of interested in drawing mushrooms. He said, hey, there's a mushroom farm right down 60 miles away in Olympia, Washington. Why don't you go down there and, and uh, apply for a job? I did. I got a job. Tom, I was on that mushroom farm. We're talking a very, very big farm. I was there for the next 10 years. Wow. That's a long time. It is a long time. And listen, I literally lived with mushrooms. We were growing 2 million pounds of the agaricus mushroom every year. And here is the, the part that's really cool. We had a Japanese scientist working as our director of research, and he was growing shiitake, mm. oyster, and enoki mushrooms. So I was working with him in, in his projects. And I mean, imagine, I was eating fresh shiitake mushrooms in the 70s. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, psilocybin mushrooms are are used for or been used for shamic purposes. You bet. And now there's a whole lot of stuff on the internet and in books like Ben Greenfield talks about it. Uh, Dave Asbury talks about it. Microdosing, yes, of psilocybin mushrooms, which is like a, I think it's like a tenth of a gram. Yeah, I, I think it's somewhere between 100 and 250 milligrams, something like that. Yep. So I'm not here to talk about psilocybin today, though, because we all, most of us know about mushrooms, like morales, puffballs, like I said, your gro local grocery store carries your portabellas, your common button mushrooms, the oyster, the enoki, the shiitakes. But let's begin with the basics of mushrooms, because these aren't typical plants. What makes them different? Okay. That, you know, that's really interesting because it's like, look, uh, how do you plant mushrooms? Mushrooms don't have any seeds. Right. So, so what's going on? Well, mushrooms have spores. And the way it works is, is those spores in the fall when a, when a mushroom comes up and it uh, actually produces uh, billions of spores and those spores go out, they land on the ground, they land in wood. They land in the environment in some area, and when conditions are right, those spores will germinate into a very, very fine filament. And when you have multiple of those filaments that come together and fuse, they will form a network. And that network of these fine filaments is what's called mycelium. And mycelium is the actual body of this fungus. So normally we don't see mycelium because it's in the ground. And so we go to pick a mushroom. And, you know, unless you're really like looking down really closely when you pull a mushroom out, 
you won't even know it's there. But if you look closely where that mushroom came out of, when you pop it out, you can see those fine filaments right down there in the ground or, or literally in that piece of wood that maybe you've, you've pulled off a log or something like that. So this mycelium is the body. It's the vegetative body of this organism. And what it's doing, it is decomposing all of the organic matter that's out there. I mean, think about the tons, hundreds of tons of organic matter that falls to the ground every year, whether it is a plant or a tree or whatever. These organisms are what decompose that and turn it back into humus for the plants to reutilize. So, so we've got the spore, we've got the mycelium. When conditions are right, and what that mycelium is doing is it's building up energy in its, in its mycelial body in this network when conditions are right, which for you and me are in the fall. Like if you're in Michigan or if I'm in Washington, that's the fall. Temperatures drop down, humidity goes up, mushrooms need a high humidity, the rains come up come the mushrooms. And you know, it's kind of like, where did these things come from, right? right. So you're just kind of like, where? There, I don't see a tree, I don't see a plant. All of a sudden, this mushroom pops up. Well, again, underneath is that mycelial network. Now, the mushroom comes up, and over the course of maybe two to three weeks, it goes through a maturation process. We see a stem come up, the cap, the cap slowly opens underneath the cap, or all these gills, that's where the spores are produced. The spores are released. And now we have a completion of this life cycle of this organism. So we've got spore, we've got mycelium, we've got mushroom. And the important thing to remember here is that when you're looking at a herbal product, and mushrooms fit into that category of a medicinal herb, when you're looking at an herbal product, you need to know what plant part are you getting? Are you getting the root? Are you getting the, the leaf? Are you getting the fruit? So, because each one of those parts is going to have a different amount of the, of the medicinal compounds that you're looking for. So, plant part or fungal part in this sense is very important. But that's the basic life cycle of this organism that we refer to as, as a mushroom, whereas the mushroom is just one plant part of this organism that also has a mycelial body and spores. Okay, okay. Let's talk about this interesting fungi. And what are the stages of a, of a, of a mushroom? Well, well, those stages are pretty much uh, what I was just uh, referring to because, because essentially what's going on is once you've got that mycelial network underground or in that piece of wood, how, how it works is that, is that it is going to continue to move outward as long as there is food for it to consume. Now, as soon as it hits something where, okay, all of a sudden the nutrients are not there, then, then it stops and that whole network behind it will in fact die off unless it is being recharged with nutrients all the time, in which case it will, it will uh, stay in that position. You know, as a mushroom hunter, that you can go out and you've got certain spots. Right. Oh, yeah, I know that mushrooms grow in this particular spot. Well, what's happening there is, for example, if it's growing on the ground, every year there are more and more, whether it be leaves or whatever, that actually continue to feed that, that uh, mycelium that's under the ground there. Same with, with uh, uh, mushrooms that grow on the roots of trees. 
As long as that tree is there and alive, you'll get mushrooms coming off the uh, underneath that tree for as long as that tree is there. So that that's kind of the again, this is the fungal body. And and have you ever seen a a, a fairy ring like in a in a in a in a you look out on a football field or something, and here's this ring of mushrooms, right? So what's happening there with this fairy ring is, and that's kind of the beauty of having just a big lawn or a big piece of grass is somehow, some way, whether it be spores or somebody's brought in some kind of uh, organic fertilizer and that uh, mycelium is with it, it's in, the, it's in that one point and it starts to grow. And if it's unopposed, like there's nothing that, that it grows into like that's in its way, it will grow out in just a perfect circle. Hmm. And, and what's really interesting about that is where do the mushrooms grow? They grow on the edge of the circle. So as it grows out year one, maybe it's grown out 10 feet, that 10-foot circle will have mushrooms. The next year, it grows out another 10 feet, that will have mushrooms. So it's really interesting, again, the way this, uh, this uh, organism will grow. But again, you know, it's not in nature. You don't find too many places where you've just got a, a completely open space like that with no, nothing to, right. and you can't really see the fact of this, this kind of fairy ring circle. So what are the parts of the mushroom that we got to be, that we should, as consumers should know about and what, what makes up the mushroom? Well, what makes up the mushroom for one is, is and, and, you know, the, the mushroom itself, you know, we can say, okay, it's got parts, it's got a cap, it's got a stem, um, it, it produces spores. But really, when it comes to the, the um, using mushrooms medicinally, primarily, they have used, uh, traditionally, they've been using the mushroom. The mushroom is what they have traditionally used, and the mushroom has the compounds that we're looking for. And these compounds are primarily what are called beta-glucans. Absolutely. And beta-glucans are make up 50% of the cell wall of all mushrooms. But, but what's interesting is that, okay, not all mushrooms are what we would call medicinal, even though I consider all mushrooms to be, to be very nutritious, but to have a certain level, a higher level of medicinal value those beta-glucans in each specific species have a little bit different architecture. And that architecture of the way that beta-glucan is structured is the difference between a, a super uh, mushroom like a, a reishi and then maybe a, a more common mushroom like uh, the button mushroom or something like that. So, so it's that beta-glucan, uh, it's in the cell walls uh, of mushrooms and one of the things about mushrooms is that that they have a lot of fiber, so mm. so we don't digest mushrooms that well, Tom. I mean, the it will actually the stomach doesn't really help a whole lot. The the mushroom that we eat it, it goes down into our small intestines. They they have a bit of trouble. A lot of that fiber when we eat mushrooms because the the nutrients are kind of locked in. That, that they don't really get uh, released until later on, and ultimately. Mushrooms are considered to be a prebiotic, so they're feeding our microbiome. And, and that's, too, where, you know, what happens with the beta-glucan is we actually have receptor sites down in, our, 
uh, uh, lower intestines. And those receptor sites basically are receptor sites for beta-glucans. And so when these mushroom beta-glucans get down there, they link up and they, they target those receptor sites. They, they come together. And at that point, they can these receptor sites will release immune cells if we need them. And that's kind of what's cool about mushrooms is that they're there in the background. They're there, and, and, and we're all of a sudden, it's like, oh, geez, we, we need, uh, there's something going on. We need more uh, macrophages or T cells or NK cells. That's when the beta-glucans will basically kick in. Uh, these cells will be produced. And that's, you know, for me, the key takeaway on all medicinal mushrooms is that they have this, what I would call, immunological potentiation. So what that means is they strengthen our immune system, and that is primarily due to these beta-glucans. Yeah, beta-glucans are one of my favorite polysaccharides, to be honest with you. Yes, yes, exactly. And it really, really helps a lot of it. They help a lot of issues, including cancer, diabetes, gut health. Of course, gut health is from the fiber. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes, and, indeed. And Terry Walls has been with her Terry with Walls protocol for she uses them. She makes it's part of her diet because of the the neurodegenerative diseases that it helps. So it's a it's a beta glucans are a must and 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 it helps with so many diseases and like I said, cancer included. What what are uh, chitin? What is chitin? Chitin. 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 Okay. Chitin, yeah, and, and it's pronounced like chitin. It's C H I T I N, but it's it's called chitin. And chitin. Chi- chitin's really interesting because it it's also a polysaccharide, and and what it it actually will bind. It, it's kind of a structural polysaccharide. Even the beta glucan is a bit structural, but the chitin actually binds up proteins. It it binds up some of those beta glucans. You know, the, the place where, where people might be most familiar with chitin is chitin is what forms the shells of crustaceans like crab and lobster. The difference, of course, is that, is that now obviously mushrooms don't have that kind of a heavy shell because it, with a crab or a lobster, they're using calcium carbonate together with this chitin. It binds it together. They get a tough shell. With a mushroom, it basically is binding the proteins. It's binding the beta-glucans. And that, that chitin is why it's, it's more difficult to digest. But you know what, Tom? That's actually a good thing because, you know, the thing about the mushroom when we're eating is it, it's kind of like a slow food. It's slowly being digested. It's not like eating some starchy plant, which just kind of goes boom, and you get this rush of energy. No, not at all. Okay. Okay. So if you're growing these in masses, how, how are you doing this? Like Rishi grows on wood, correct? Correct. Yes. And, and well, let me give you a little bit of a, a background on how we're going to be growing a reishi mushroom or, or even some of our, other, you know, it's kind of interesting because the majority of the major medicinal mushrooms grow on wood. Right. Okay, so so the way we grow our reishi is we grow reishi on wood logs. So just a cut log. It might be uh, six inches in diameter. It might be about um, eight 
to 10 inches long, that log actually will get sterilized. It will be inoculated with the reishi mycelium. The reishi mycelium will colonize it. Then in the springtime, and the way we grow our mushrooms is really, in a way, traditional and without a lot of special buildings or all that. They're grown in shade houses. So these these logs will be put right in the ground. It'll be like digging a ditch, putting them in rows in the ground. And, and this could be, these greenhouses, that row might be 100 feet long with, with a, a thousand of these little logs in it. They're covered with soil. Uh, and after that, they're watered and they start to form in May and up they come. And what's interesting about this is that, you know, normally on that log, you'll get two or three mushrooms that'll pop up and you'll see their stems come up. But what we want as the grower of these, we only want one mushroom per log. And what that will do is that will give us a, a mushroom of a very standard size. And, and Tom, look, when you see this grow room at, or this, this uh, basic greenhouse, shade uh, cloth greenhouse, when you see it, I've got a picture right on the homepage of our website. The mushrooms are like wall to wall. They're literally touching each other almost. They're so perfectly spaced. So it's Uh, And what's happening is each mushroom gets all the nutrition of that log that it's growing on. So any other stem that starts to come up, they get culled off. So it's only one mushroom per log. And that way, the quality is much higher. But wood decomposers, and here's the thing. If you're trying to grow ratio on something else, um, you will not get the same medicinal compounds because the wood is what's got natural precursor compounds that is allowing that reishi mushroom to actually produce the compounds that we're looking for, like triterpenoids. And triterpenoids are the compound in reishi that give it that bitter flavor. Okay. So if you don't, if you don't grow your... your and and here's, here's what's kind of going on too, which is, which is something that you know, I, I um, wrote a paper about um, in 2015 called Redefining Medicinal Mushrooms. And, and I had a test for beta-glucans. And when, uh, you, know, you know, what's happened, you know, here, here's what's interesting, I guess, is that growing mushrooms is expensive. Right. It is expensive. So, so when, as a mushroom grower in the United States, I can take my fresh mushrooms into the marketplace. I can sell them. I can make a profit. But let's say I sell a pound for $5 as a, a producer. Now, supplements are dry powders. So a mushroom is 90% water. So when you dry out that pound of mushrooms, all of a sudden, you know, it's a tenth of what it was fresh. So you have to get $50 for that pound of dried mushrooms to put it into a supplement, the supplement industry. So the economics just don't work out. So, so what happens is, and, and this is what's interesting, there is not a single supplement product in the U.S. that is made from real mushrooms that was grown in the U.S. 
simply cannot do it. And, and so what, what, what has happened is a lot of companies have grown the mycelium onto sterilized grain. They grow it out on this grain. They dry the grain out at the end of the process, which is 30 to 60 days. They grind it to a powder. They don't remove, they don't remove the grain. So it's not like pure mycelium. It's mycelium and all this grain. Well, what is grain? It is starch. So when I did my tests and, and I, I did 95 different samples, 40 of which were products I bought off the internet that I knew were these myceliated grain products, they all had super low amounts of beta-glucans and super, super high amounts of starch. And, and that's just the opposite of what a mushroom has. A mushroom, Tom, actually has 25 to 60% beta-glucan and less than 5% of alpha, which is what we measure and, and has the starches. Mushrooms have glycogen. They don't have starch. Uh, so the mushroom was 25 to 60% beta. The myceliated grain was about 6% mean average of beta-glucan. The mushroom had less than 5% alpha glucan, which are the starches and glycogen. These products, Tom, had 30 to 60% starch in them. And, and these are some of the top selling products in the United States. <laughs> and and here's, here's the worst part about it. The worst part about it is these products, if you look at the front panel on it, at the label, it says reishi mushroom with a picture of a reishi mushroom. And, and, and if you're lucky, if you're lucky, some companies, if you turn it over, look at the supplements facts, some companies will actually tell you mycelium and in the fine print where it says other ingredients, they will say myceliated oats or myceliated rice or something like that in the fine print. Most people are buying on the basis of that front panel label. And they're claiming, they're calling their product mushrooms when there's not a mushroom in there. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Let's, let's go there right now because, first of all, what are the testing, what is your testing methods for the mushrooms, A? And B, after that, let's talk about the white paper you wrote. Because I was, when I read that white paper this week, I was like, this is incredible. Because we have a very large, rising popularity of medicinal mushrooms these days. Yes. And yes. the problem with that, I, I'm happy for that, first of all, because the beta-glucans have an incredible effect on our bodies. Tremendous, yes. But with that rise in popularity, there is going to be a lot of junk out in the market. And supplements, as we all know, aren't FDA I could take a capsule full of dog poop, dried dog poop, and sell it as vitamin D or whatever I wanted to call it, and nobody's going to check what's in there. True, true, true. I mean, you know, that, that's the funny thing, because as long as that dog poop has been uh, encapsulated in a GMP facility, right. everything's good. Right. And that's sad, but let's talk about the mushroom industry and your testing methods and and the white paper you wrote, because the white paper is amazing. I'm going to include a link for the white paper in the show notes. 
Because well, if you don't mind, it's, oh, it's okay. No, no, I, absolutely. I, I encourage people to read the white paper. I mean, I mean, again, basically what I did, Tom, is I took 95 samples. Um, probably two dozen of them were just a dried mushroom. We took some of the mushroom extracts that, that we make, and then we bought these 40 different products directly off the internet, products that I knew were these myceliated grain products. We have a test, uh, and it's, uh, uh, this test is, is uh, manufactured by a company named Megazyme. It's an AOAC-validated test. It has been peer-reviewed. It's now a standard, and it's very specific to fungal beta-glucans. So it will measure beta-glucans in mushrooms, uh, in yeast, it will not measure beta-glucans in cereal grains. There's a totally different test for that because cereal grains have beta-glucans in them. So no, it will not include those at all. Even though these products are, are made on cereal grains, that's not what this, this okay. test will... It won't add any beta-glucans in there because the grains are there. This is for mushrooms. This test was an absolute game-changer in the industry. I mean it. Tom, I've been trying for years and years and years to find a test that would actually allow me to qualify the products that I make and sell. I mean, before, before this beta-glucan test, everybody used to use polysaccharides. Today, some people still do, and they claim, oh, we have 40% polysaccharide, 60% polysaccharide. You know what? Grains and starch are polysaccharides. So the polysaccharide test is absolutely worthless as a test for mushroom quality. So, so in my white paper, I tested all these products. I, I put all the data in there of what we found. I put it out there to the industry. And since that time, which was 2015, the industry has changed. And now, too, if you go out and, and source products like on Amazon or something, what you'll see is a lot of companies now will actually not only say X amount of beta-glucans in every single product we make, we will in fact say, we've measured the beta-glucans in here and there's no less than this amount. A lot of companies now on their, on their website will say, no starch, <laughs> no grains, and no mycelium. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with mycelium. But if you're growing your mycelium on cereal grains and you're not removing the grains from the final product and most of that product is the grain starch, hey, that's not a true mycelium product. In China, they actually do make pure mycelium products, but they do it in liquid. And then once it's grown out, they will remove the liquid, and here they'll have this mass of mycelium. In fact, one of the, one of the more uh, important cordyceps products for many years has been this type of product, mycelium made in tanks, and it produces a product called CS4. So, so mycelium will have beta-glucans. It will have some of the benefits, but look, mushrooms are really the biofactory that manufacture so many more compounds than just plain mycelium. And a great example of that is reishi. Reishi mycelium does not create 
triterpenoids. The reishi mushroom, man, it, lots of triterpenoids, up to four or five percent of triterpenoids in a reishi mushroom. In mycelium, no, minuscule amounts of some very uh, small, not very important triterpenoids, very small amounts of it. So, so when you taste a mycelium product, like if you get a reishi product and you're going, well, geez, it, I, I don't know whether this is, is mycelium or mushroom. What I tell people is, look, open up the capsule, take it out, taste it. If that product is bland, if it's not bitter, you do not have reishi. You know, we, we do, do something at trade shows, which is called the reishi challenge. We have, we have a, a little bowl of these myceliated grain products, and we have a, a bowl of our uh, high-quality uh, reishi extract. We say, okay, try it. Here, taste this. They taste the, uh, the myceliated grain. They go, huh, that kind of tastes good. <laughs> I'm like, they say, yeah, almost a little bit sweet. I'm like, okay, uh, try some of this. They try our reishi extract, and they're like, oh, my God, that is so bitter. Give me some water, you know? And it tastes, it literally tastes medicinal. When you take that reishi extract into your mouth, it is just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and that's the difference. I mean, absolute difference. I've got another really great little, little tip for you, too, for people that want to test the product that they've got. Go buy a bottle of iodine. There's something called the iodine starch test. Take whatever it is that you've got, your mushroom product, so-called mushroom product, maybe. Right. Uh, quarter cup of water, dump out four or five capsules, stir it up really get good, let it get nice and wet. As long as the product is not like dark, 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 and the, and the liquid goes dark, as long as the liquid is fairly, you know, moderately colored, take 10 drops of iodine and put it in there. If you have starch in that product, that water will go black, absolutely black. If you have just a true mushroom product, the water will not change. It might take on a little bit of the color of the iodine, but it will not change. Hmm. It's just a great little test for people who are going, well, I've got this product. I don't see anything about mycelium. It just says mushroom. Well, try it anyway. If it says made in the USA, you can be absolutely certain that it's this myceliated grain product. And, and you know what? The only reason this product is out there is it's cheap to produce and mushrooms are expensive to produce and you can't grow mushrooms for supplement use. Do you know that, that mushrooms are still all harvested by hand? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, but it, when you think about it, there's no other way, really. <laughs> exactly. They don't have machines to harvest mushrooms. Right. When you go into a mushroom house, on the farm that I was working on, a big, big farm, every single room that was growing would produce 20,000 pounds of agaricus. And on what we called the very first flush, when they first came up on all these beds, I mean, you could look down this bed, one bed would have tens of thousands of mushrooms on it and wow. you'd send in a crew of six to ten people to go through that and harvest just the ones that were ready to be harvested leaving the rest for tomorrow so it's like all picked by hand wow 
Yeah, I figured that there would be a, an issue there at some point because of the popularity of it. And yeah, I'm, I can't wait to try. Oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to send you some product to, to try, yeah. Tom. You'll, you'll, really, you'll really enjoy it. And, and, and look, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, and that's why I'm doing my best to educate people about this issue, not just about mushrooms and the wonderful nutritional, medicinal benefits. But, you know, you know, how many times have you heard people talk in whatever form about the wonderful things about mushrooms and all the great things they do and on and on and on? And then they walk away and you, someone goes, oh, man, I can't wait to go get that mushroom product. They go into Whole Foods or some natural food store. They look at the shelf. There are like 50 different products. Yeah. Which one am I going to buy? And, and, and the, the clerk says, oh, you should try this one. Why does she say that? She doesn't know anything about right. it. But the sales rep has come through and talked to her about how wonderful their product is. And that's what she's recommending. And... I tell you, about 70% of what you're going to find on the shelf will be this myceliated grain product. And if it says made in the USA, do not buy it because that's one of the key things that's happening. I hope that you are enjoying today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I am taking a minute to interrupt the show. Sorry about that but I need to do some general housekeeping for the new year. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you frustrated you can't lose weight no matter what you do? Are you tired of taking handfuls of medications every day and still feel horrible and tired? Is that you? Well, then I have four open spots available for the first quarter of 2020. And all you have to do is book a free 20-minute consultation with me to discuss yourself, what your issues are, and we can talk about if I can help you. So all you need to do to book that 20-minute consultation is go to my website, www.thomunderwood.net tomunderwood.net and go to services at the top scroll to the bottom of the page click the link and schedule a free 20 minute consultation with me to talk about you and to see if I can help you and also to see if we're a good fit let me help you get off that roller coaster get off that hamster wheel and lose the weight and feel optimal in 2020 Thank you, and enjoy the remainder of this show. Let's talk about the medicinal mushrooms that I have six listed. There's probably one I'm missing. Can we go through them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go through them. Okay, Rishi. I call Rishi natural Xanax. (laughs) Or nature's Xanax. Does it it have a calming, calming effect on you? Yes. You know what? And, and that's absolutely one of the one of the attributes of reishi. It has been used to calm people down. It's it's used useful for stress. Actually, reishi in a lot of tests has been used for insomnia. Mm. So so absolutely, you know, reishi is called the mushroom of immortality. It's got you see it in so much Chinese art um, in their architecture. You see the form, the reishi form there. It's been, it's really, you know, of all the mushrooms, 
for me, um, reishi is is the true sort of top one. That's the one that I I take daily. Not and, and here's why. Not only does it have the beta glucans, but it has the triterpenoids. And the triterpenoids again are what give it that bitter flavor. Triterpenoids do have this anti-tumor activity. They also are very good for the liver, basically cleansing cleansing our blood. So so reishi mushroom is is my topic. And and here's what's really interesting, Tom. You know, I've got this test, this beta glucan test, right? We test every single batch that we make. We test wow. the beta glucan. We, we've been testing beta-glucans on our products for about four years. We have more data, testing data on medicinal mushrooms than anybody in the whole world. And, and what is so interesting is that reishi, of all the other medicinal mushrooms that we sell, has the highest amount of beta-glucans. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's the interesting. The only one that comes close to reishi is actually turkey tail. And it has about the same, which is 50% beta-glucans. That's really high. Um, you know, some of the other ones uh, will be around 35, 30, sometimes 40, but reishi and turkey tail, 50% beta-glucan. And, and with the reishi, you get something that most of the others don't have, which are these triterpenoids. So it's like got, it's just packed right. with additional value. Oh, yeah, because it even fights cancer. So, yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. So let's go to Lion's Mane. This is a brain booster to me. So you know what? Yeah. Lion's Mane, I'll tell you, Tom, we can hardly keep it in stock. <laughs> Everybody in the world wants a better memory. They want a better cognition. You know, it's it's a, called a nootropic. Familiar right. with that term, nootropic? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a big category now. Anything that will enhance performance. Yep. And so... Lion's mane is really popular right now, and what, what's what's interesting is that it's got what's called uh, uh, it stimulates what's called nerve growth factor, mm-hmm. and that's a protein that we manufacture that helps to strengthen and helps to maintain our neurons. And, and this is super important because as we age, that nerve growth factor, we don't quite produce as much of that. And that sort of leads to people going, what did you say your name was? Uh, you know, or, or, you know, oh, I forgot what that was. And so, so that's where lion's mane comes in. It has these compounds in it that will actually stimulate nerve growth factor. So pretty much everybody's using it for cognition. And what's really interesting about lion's mane is there's actually some clinical trials out there from Japan where they've taken Two different groups of uh, 30 people, uh, elderly, around 70-ish, and one group gets the lion's mane, group of 30. The other group gets the placebo. They give them a battery of tests. 90 days later, they test them again. The group taking the lion's mane scores higher on the testing. That's pretty interesting. Okay. After they stop taking the lion's mane, 30 days later, they test them again. And the group that had scored higher taking the lion's mane, it's dropped back down to the baseline. Wow, pretty interesting. They've also got some interesting interesting uh, early research, uh, clinical work uh, with dementia. You know, those are the kind of things, the, the whole uh, Alzheimer's dementia. Oh, man, think right. about that for a second. That is just horrible to even imagine. So, so 
if we've got something like that that can actually help us, wow, yes, exactly. Lion's mane. That's that's what it's been being used for. I think, like for me, for being you know older and the sixty or sixty years old plus, it really helps me with my studies and like for even for prepping for this podcast because I I knew about the mushrooms. But I didn't know in depth until I started putting this together. I knew about the the makeup of the mushroom, and I also knew what the, what, like I said, the reishi is good for immune system. I knew all that. But I, the lion's mane something something that, like you said, keeps me sharp and focused, and it keeps yeah. it keeps my mind fresh. Absolutely. So that you know, that's just really interesting that we've got a mushroom like that. It's not yeah. like a mushroom for all seasons here. It is. I mean, and we move into Shaga, which is like an antioxidant powerhouse. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things, too, that I want to mention here, too, Tom, is that, you know, today in the the advent of the Internet and all the different companies that are selling on the Internet, oh, geez, there is so much hype and hyperbole and marketing speak. and chaga you go on the internet and it is the king of mushrooms there's there's literally nothing it can't cure it's a panacea man tom look i really do not like that kind of marketing no no i really don't because i've seen too much of it you know in in the industry we have what we call the flavor of the month where something gets hyped up and all of a sudden everybody's excited and and it's like Whoa, 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 hold on, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you know, chaga, look, chaga has been used for uh, hundreds of years as a folk medicine for cancer in, in uh, um, Russia, in, in the uh, Eastern Europe. So that's where kindly, it's kind of got its name, but it's also, and this is what I kind of focus on more, it's also been used a lot for stomach issues. Right. So for me, I say, look, if you have a, a, an issue in your alimentary canal, if you've got um, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, something like that, try chaga. That's one of the main things that they use it for, uh, is any kind of problem in that system. So I, I'm really, you know, that, that's like the first thing I'll say. Forget about all that other stuff that right. they tell you that it, that it cures 101 different diseases. <laughs> Forget about it. You know, use it for. Any sort of stomach, uh, um, intestinal, any of that kind of stuff, try chaga. That's one of its common uses. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe it, it won't. But don't believe the hype. Right. <laughs> try it. Yep, I agree. Because uh, that's that's why I like the blend. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But let's go to shiitake. Man, shiitake. What a wonderful mushroom. You know, of all the mushrooms out there, Tom, in terms of edibles. I love shiitake. It's my number one edible mushroom that I, that I like to eat. I tell people to put shiitake into your diet. It's really interesting because back in the 70s, they actually produced a drug from the beta-glucans in shiitake. It's called lentinin. And what they do with that is they use it in conjunction with conventional cancer therapies, radiation or chemotherapy, they'll use it in conjunction with that. And 
what it's doing, it's helping your immune system as it's being torn down by these uh, uh, chemotherapy or radiation. So, so shiitake is a, an absolutely wonderful medicinal mushroom immunologically. Uh, again, the thing I like about it too, and, and this is the same with some of the other ones, is we can eat shiitake too. Right. We don't have to just supplement with it. We can put it into our diet and you don't have to put in a lot. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I'm eating mushrooms and I eat mushrooms all the time, I mean, you know, four or five times a week, I'm cooking up some kind of mushroom. Right. And, you know, for a lot of people out there, look, if you're going to, if you're going to cook mushrooms, A, don't slice them too thin, uh, you know, quarter of an inch or something like that. And don't cook them on too low a heat. If you cook them on a low heat, what that does is it drives all the water out of it. The next thing you know, they're, the mushrooms are sitting in a pool of water, which is fine if you're making a gravy. But if you want to actually cook the mushrooms and put them in something, no, you want them to be, be kind of firm. You want them to be kind of well-cooked. I like to brown them on either side. So, so you know, hot pan. I, I like to cook my mushrooms a little more than, than most might. But when they come out, they're dry. They're really nicely browned on both sides. The flavor's locked inside. They're, they're really great. So shiitake, if you're not eating shiitake or if you don't have shiitake in your diet, start Today, it is oh. a fabulous mushroom. In China, it's called Shanggu, which means fragrant mushroom. And I tell you, the aroma oh, yeah. is amazing. You know, Tom, there's actually a mushroom temple in China, back in the mountains, in an area where they've been growing shiitake mushrooms since the 12th century. Wow. And this temple actually. On the uh, up on the altar is a huge statue of the man that learned how to grow shiitake mushrooms in China. Wu Sangong. It's like there he is sitting there, and in one hand he's got a shiitake mushroom. He's right up there, huge <laughs> statue of him. It's amazing. Yeah, that, I, and those are one of the easier ones to find at the supermarket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of all the sort of specialty mushrooms, you should right. be able to find shiitake. And, and again, look, the other thing I would say, too, is, is produce managers are terrible when it comes to mushrooms. Unless you got somebody who's relatively sharp, you can get, get in there and you look at the mushrooms and you're going, oh, my God, what happened to these things? <laughs> you know, they can be really ratty looking. So, so look for something that's really nice, fresh hasn't been manhandled, doesn't have spots on the cap or the gills because that'll be bacteria. So, you know, and if you see that kind of thing, you know, I, I go in there and sometimes they've got mushrooms there on the shelf, which I would throw in the garbage. Right. They're literally, why are you selling these things? They're, they're tied, they're tired, they're manhandled. They are just not, you know, nobody should be eating these. Exactly, yeah. I've seen that myself, especially yeah. in some of the grocery stores that aren't frequently visited. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's 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 a crime against nature. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a turkey tail because this has got some really interesting properties to it, including a compound called polysaccharide K, which is PSK for short. So let's yeah, talk about that know, one. Well, you know, here's here's what's interesting about uh about uh Tremedes, turkey tail, Coriolis, is that back in the 
70s, the late 70s in Japan, and that's when they were really starting to do a lot of mushroom research. They looked at turkey tail, they found one, and they were growing out the mycelium, again, in large tanks of liquid. They grew out the mycelium, and then they, once they had it out, they extracted it multiple times to be a very um, different compound where it was a beta-glucan, but that beta-glucan was actually bound to protein. Okay. So it was a, it's what's called a polysaccharide protein sort of complex, and that's a PSK is actually polysaccharide uh, crestin, which mm-hmm. is the name for the product itself. And, and it was considered, and still is considered, a drug product in Japan, and it's huh. being utilized much like lentinin is being utilized as an adjuvant for cancer therapies. And, and when you use it with these therapies, they've shown that it will extend your life by, I think, 5 or 10% or something like that, but okay. definitely more than the control group. So that's where PSK... And, and in China, they produced a similar a product called PSP, which is called polysaccharide peptide. I actually know the scientists that that discovered and developed PSP, a good friend of mine, and and it's very similar to PSK. It's kind of like the Chinese version of PSK. It's just got a little bit different profile when it comes to the polysaccharide in there, to the beta-glucan in okay. there. So, so those two products, and again, I call those products um, process-driven products in the sense that you know, when we're making an extract of a mushroom, what we'll do is it's kind of like making a soup. Um, you know, we'll take okay. that dried mushroom, we'll throw it into a pot of water, we'll bring it up to a simmer, and we'll cook it in there, and we're trying to extract everything out of it. And we'll, we'll cook it, the, the liquid will go down, we'll pour it out, we'll pour in more liquid, we'll cook it a number of times until the liquid doesn't turn any color. Then we figure we've gotten everything out of the mushroom. So that's kind of a standard herbal extract of mushrooms. But with these products, they are actually growing the mycelium out in these large tanks. Then they will essentially make some extracts and end up producing this. And that's why I say it's a process-driven. It's not just like a standard extract. It is because of the way that they create this that gives you what we call PSP or PSK. Okay, and okay. again, they are, are actually adjuvants. They're, they're considered drugs in uh, China and Japan. And, 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 you know, it's kind of interesting that they're producing these drugs right from these. Now, turkey tail is not a necessarily an edible mushroom, but, but shiitake is certainly. So it's like, wow, here you go. They're actually producing drug products from them. So what are your thoughts on turkey tail other than that part? I like turkey tail, and I, I think a, a regular uh, extract of turkey tail is, is got, like I was telling you, it's got the highest amount of beta-glucans right okay. up there with reishi. So I think okay. it's, a, it's a really great mushroom. It's really a good, uh, I would say, for uh, immunity purposes. Right. So that's where, that's where I would put it and where I would okay. be using it. If, if I was immune compromised in some way, then right. turkey tail would be right up there on my list. All right, I've got cordyceps next, which I use cordyceps for a pre-workout, to be honest with you. Well, you know, and cordyceps, what an interesting fungus, huh, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> cordyceps, cordyceps 
uh, traditionally has been wildcrafted, uh, wildcrafted in the steppes of Tibet. And what happens is a, a caterpillar hibernates uh, early as winter's coming along. And while it's sleeping, the cordyceps spores germinate. They consume this caterpillar. And then in the summertime, up pops this little blade of grass-like cordyceps fungus off the head of the caterpillar. Holy smokes. That's the, that, that is the, and, and you literally have to get down on your hands and knees to try and find this thing because it's hiding in the grass. And so what they call it, the Chinese call it winter worm summer grass and they consume the whole thing caterpillar and all and what's interesting is the caterpillar essentially is nothing but the skin of the caterpillar it looks like a caterpillar but if you cut it open it's nothing but mycelium inside of the caterpillar wow. because the mycelium has consumed it all built up its reservoir of of uh, strength enough to put up this little uh fungus which looks like a blade of grass today and traditionally, here's what they've been using it for. They've been using it for fatigue, what's called neurasthenia. People are coming out of uh, illness. They, they, they're kind of over the illness, but they, they still are weak and, and kind of like without much energy. They're fatigued. That's where they use the cordyceps. And, and I think that's where people today have sort of put two and two together and went, okay, we'll use that. Um, in athletics, we'll use that for our workouts. But here's the thing: <laughs> in 1991, can you imagine? I've got a booth at a at a trade show, National Foods Expo in Los Angeles, and I've got a little bowl of these cordyceps mushrooms, you know, caterpillar with this little thing coming off of it. And people are going like, "What's that?" And I'm going like, "Hey, this is cordyceps. It's been used for a long time. It's a fantastic one." And I'm trying to introduce people to cordyceps, and they just look at me like. I'm sorry, but you know our customers are not going to eat caterpillars. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I understand. I understand. It's a stretch. Today, we actually grow cordyceps, but we grow a different species called Cordyceps militaris. It's beautiful. Tom, come to our website on the homepage. One of the yeah. one of the uh, one of the actual uh, photos on there is cordyceps. It's bright orange cordyceps militaris we grow it now so there's no insect involved it's a hundred percent cordyceps this this wildcraft <laughs> cordyceps got to the point where it was being sold for twenty thousand dollars a dried kilogram wow can you imagine that's ten thousand dollars a pound for this dried who could afford that nobody well cordyceps now that we can cultivate it the price is very reasonable, <laughs> much, much lower. So you can actually buy a genuine and without any sort of caterpillar, without any insect, it's a real, just a 100% cordyceps. So cordyceps, fatigue, uh, lack of energy, give it a shot. It's also got a lot of good immune properties as well. So yeah, cordyceps. Yeah, I like, I like a, a little, make a little drink with some uh, Keon amino acids and then put some quarters up in there before I go work out, about an hour before I go work out, half an hour and drink, nice. or I drink it on the way to the gym. And it gives me, instead of a sugary, instead of taking a sugary pre-workout, it's, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. A, it's just a healthier pre-workout. 
Yeah, dude, I saw your picture on your website. Hey, you're looking good. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. It's been a long, yeah. strange trip it's been, as a grateful yeah, Ben would I, say. Yeah, but yeah, so it seems. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's a good trip. Let's talk about, because I left one out and I just realized it, but talking. My talkie, yeah. You know what's interesting about my talkie, and this gets back to chaga that's being touted as the king of mushrooms. In the in the seventies, you know, shiitake was actually the king of mushrooms. <laughs> so there's a lot of information. Right. And then in the in the eighties, at the end of the eighties, people started touting reishi as the king of mushrooms. And then it's really interesting because my talkie just kind of emerged in the nineties, and it emerged on the basis of a lot of really solid research that was being done in Japan and, and showing that maitake had really great immunological activity. And the company selling it, of course, called it the king of mushrooms. So, so Chaga ended up being the fourth king that I've, I've actually met in my career. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I consider maitake to be really a powerhouse. And, and you know, it's kind of funny because today, um, the top four mushrooms that we sell are, are are actually lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps, and chaga. Maitake is kind of been forgotten. And I'm always kind of like, that's so interesting because a lot of it is just driven by who happens to be marketing whatever product. And if people throw millions of dollars marketing something, or if you get you get 100 different companies on the internet selling chaga, calling it the king of mushrooms, then all of a sudden it gets sort of pumped up and these others kind of get deflated. But no, my talkie there, the research on my talkie is really solid, really okay. solid in terms of, of its, its ability to, to fight different tumor systems. And, and so in terms of, again, immunological activity, and my, my talkie has a, a general profile of, of beta-glucans right around 40%, which oh, wow. is, is quite high. So that's very good. You know, I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, shiitake is uh, about 30%. Lion's mane is right in the middle, around 35%. My talkie's 40%. And then we jump up to reishi and turkey tail at around 50% beta-glucan. So, you know, that, that to me is, you know, I, we use beta-glucan as a marker. We use it as a way to tell my customers, and you know what, my customers are companies that are selling our, our raw materials under their own label. We use that as a marker compound. Okay. It's one of many, but it's the most important. I mean, I just want people to know that mushrooms have a lot of different compounds in them that help to make them what they are. Beta-glucans are probably the most important, but the beta-glucans are not the only things in there, but they are a really good marker compound. Tom, just think about this for a second. I, I traveled all around China in the 90s because uh, I realized... Well, for one, birthplace of mushroom cultivation. They have all sorts of research institutes. I went to conferences. I visited farms, everything. And I had companies coming up to me and they'd say, would you like to buy our shiitake extract? And I'm looking at them and, and I'm looking down and it's like, it's a brown powder. And I'm like, it's a brown powder. I don't know what that is. How do I know what that is? Should I buy your brown powder and, and you take me to farm and so on? And, and you know, I go, oh, yeah, great extract or whatever. I haven't analyzed it. I don't know. How can I actually evaluate this brown powder? And that's what my company has done more than anything else. I totally believe in analysis. It is so important. And that's how we can qualify 
what we're selling. So we can guarantee to people that at the very least, not only are we demonstrating that this is truly a maitake extract, but we're also guaranteeing that you've got the beta-glucans in there that are supposed to be there because we've measured the actual mushroom. We know how much should be in that product. So when we make an extract, we had better match that amount of beta-glucans that we do find in the mushroom itself. So, so this is what's so important about analysis. And, and without that Megazyme test, you know what? We never would have unmasked all of those products that are nothing but starch and, and, and are, are, you know, myceliated grain. It's like we wouldn't have been able to do it without analysis. And let me tell you, those companies do not analyze or put anything about beta-glucans. They talk about beta-glucans. It's really interesting. Look at their labels. Nothing about beta-glucans on there in terms of the amount, anything like that. They might actually give you a polysaccharide number. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. You got all that starch in your product. Wow. Wow. Crazy, well, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is because it's, and it's sad too. It's, it's, it is sad. Oh, 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 and, it is. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I have to tell people, look, you know, I hate to tell you this, but the, the industry, we've got a lot of people that are nothing but salespeople. All they're trying to do is make money. They don't really care about the quality of the product. And believe me, the real companies out there, and I know a lot of them, the real companies want to do the right thing. There are good companies out there with good products. You have to search for them and you have to talk to people and listen to people to find them, but they are out there. But, you know, like any industry, I mean, my God, Tom, go, go into the center aisles of a supermarket and oh, yeah. look at all the food that they sell and you're just kind of like shaking your head, no? <laughs> I shake my head every day. <laughs> every, every time I go to the grocery store, I look at people's carts and I'm like, oh, oh my God, don't get me started. Holy shit. Yeah, terrible. All right. I want to talk about, well, first of all, what is your Mac Daddy of, the, of all the mushroom, medicinal mushrooms? Reishi. Reishi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be mine too. I think it has. I'm putting that in my coffee every morning. It's a a great way to start the day. It just adds something to the coffee. You know, you know, we we actually um, we have a a retail division, and my son's in charge of that, and he developed a whole retail line. and And we don't do like twelve different mushrooms or anything like that. I think it's the top six. We have one product that is five of the mushrooms, uh, high uh, our high test extracts. It's called the Five Defenders, and that product actually is one of our top sellers and people just love it. And, and I, I, you know, in general, you have to be careful about those kind of products because what happens is there is this whole idea of, okay, if we can just put one more in or one more in and you've got, you've got 10 of these things in, in your product, I'm going to put 15 in mine. So mine's better than yours. Oh yeah, you've got 15. I'm going to put 25 in there. So I've got the, the most amount, you know, it's like, those products are the worst products. Do not ever buy these, especially mushroom products that have 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 different species in there. The worst of all of the products that we've tested are those types of products. I, I say to even all my customers too, I say, if you're going to do a combo product, 
keep it down because what happens is, you know, we've got these different levels of beta-glucans. Right. You start to get away from the top five or six and the beta-glucan levels start going down. The, the mushroom itself is just not nearly as much research on its uh, properties. So you start diluting what are the real beneficial ones. So that's where keeping any combo product down to five or less is really important. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. I've got your website up right here. Realmushrooms.com. That's our retail line. Realmushrooms.com. Right. Namex is our uh, raw material company. And that, that company, I started Namex.com um, in 1989. Wow. <laughs> back, that, back then in 1989, nobody exactly. had mushrooms in their product line. And I was trying to, it, all through the 90s, I was writing articles. I was having people produce books for me. I was doing so much education just to introduce medicinal mushrooms to the industry. Yeah, well, back then, nobody was thinking about it. No, not at all. And so now today, when it's like, all of a sudden, mushrooms are like the thing, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy (laughs) that people have finally caught up and made that realization. Great food, great supplement. Mushrooms are the real deal. In fact, I call mushrooms the missing link in terms of food. And I say everybody should be putting mushrooms into their diet. And there's a lot of research out there now. There's just some research recently coming out of Singapore that that had two very large populations of people and they, they asked them whether they ate mushrooms or not. And they had these two different groups. The group that ate mushrooms had a longer lifespan. So Namex.com and RealMushrooms.com. Yes. Namex is your wholesale division. Where are most of, where's your where's your mushroom farms located? Well, like I was saying, we grow everything in China. Okay. And, and and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, China, yeah, I wouldn't touch anything from China. The fact of the matter is, like I was telling you, well, you wouldn't be able to get a mushroom supplement then right. because you'd be eating these uh, grainy things. In 1997, because I as a commercial mushroom grower from the 70s, I knew the economics of it. In 1997, I went to China with OCIA, the number one organic certifier in the United States, and we held the very first organic certification workshop for mushrooms in China, mm. 1997. Our, our mushrooms are not, are not um, certified by Chinese certifiers, anything like that. No, they're high-quality European certifiers we test everything before it leaves uh, pesticides, heavy metals, microorganisms. Then once it arrives in the United States to our warehouse, we test it again. Everything gets tested twice. So, so you know, I tell people, look, you know, if you want to talk chemicals, look in your own backyard. Right. The United States is just like spraying chemicals left, right, and center. Would you, want to, would you want to eat something that came out of the ground from the Gulf Coast? No. <laughs> no of course not. No. So I am going to... Uh... For this episode, I'm going to offer a giveaway and for five defenders. I'm going to give away three packages of five defenders, which is a 45-gram package of bulk powder. Yep. And so I'm going to do that for the listeners. I'm going to, I'll put the contest. As this, when this airs, I'll put the contest in there. But Because awesome. uh, I believe that, I, you know, I like, the, I like the five mushroom blend in my coffee. You like the reishi alone. 
I just think I, I'm kind of one of those guys that I take enough supplements that you put five together in one cup of coffee, and it's just I just I'm done for the day with those. And then the cordyceps I'll keep separately for my pre workout. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So yeah, I hear you, Tom. It, it's like when you when you want to do some supplementation, a person has to really kind of be judicious because after a while, well, that's the reason why my sons, you know, will. Well, use a smoothie, right? So they've right. got their little recipe and they'll be dumping things in. And <laughs> that's why we started off with the real mushrooms in pouches, which I love. I love the fact that it's bulk in a pouch. Right. But ultimately, we also went uh, with capsules and bottles because we just had a lot of people that said, you know, we really, you know, either don't like the taste or don't have a way to, to utilize it. We don't do smoothies. So we've got both, but I love bulk. Yeah. Pouches. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole stand up pouch thing to me is just a wonderful, wonderful. Well, plus, it keeps it fresh. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is it's, it's just so, I mean, the pouch doesn't weigh anything. Right. It's, it's easy, you know, when you dispose of it. I mean, it's really easy. It's not like, okay, now I've got another plastic bottle. Right. And I don't care whether it's recyclable. I right. mean, yeah, it's still energy it's still to plastic. take it to wherever right. and still plastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And the pouches are easy to mail. Are easy yeah. shipping's easier. Yeah, they don't weigh anything. Right. It's just a, it's a, it's a great way to uh, put a powdered supplement in a package. Absolutely, I, I see pouches, <sighs> all sorts of things in pouches these days. Grains, oh, yeah. uh, granolas, you name it. Pouches are really a, a wonderful thing. Now, before we go, what, what give some, give us some key takeaways we didn't cover, things you wanted like to tell the listeners as we go th- end this out today. Well, you know what? I guess my my main point to to people when I when I talk to people is look, number one, put mushrooms into your diet. Start off trying the shiitake mushroom. You might be in an area where there's others as well, like oyster mushrooms are a pretty easy one. Um, Enoki's fabulous, wonderful tasting mushroom. If you have maitake there, start off uh, put mushrooms into your diet. If you want to go the next step, then think about supplementing. You know, a lot of people, young people, you probably don't need to supplement unless unless you're really like, you know, sick too often. But otherwise, to me, if you just get mushrooms into your diet, then I, I will feel very good about that because right. I think that's the most important. They're the forgotten food. They're the missing link in our diets. You will absolutely be healthier. You'll live longer. That's my takeaway. Put mushrooms into your diet. Well, I mean, they're properly too. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're but they're incredible for your immune system. Oh man, but yeah. I mean, see, you get all the benefits when you're eating mushrooms and doing it. I mean, and, and I, you know, I've so, been, since I've been could, since I've been putting coffee in my or mushrooms in my coffee, the powder. I can't even remember the last time I got a, a really bad cold. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. it's just. I don't know if it's the mushrooms. I attribute it to the mushrooms because, you know, anyway, I, I just think they're, Amer- I think they're great medicinal. They serve great medicinal purposes. Well, you know what? And, 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 you know, Tom, here's the thing. Look at, let's face it. The foundation of our health is our diet, right? right. And, and in a sense, food as medicine right. is kind of the concept that I really love. And, and it's my philosophy, food as medicine. So what, you're taking in not only should it nourish you, uh, but it should also have those 
benefits that will help you to be healthier, not get caught up by different diseases. Because, you know, it's really a matter of being out of balance when we get disease, right? right? And mushrooms are are something that keeps you in balance. Yeah. So, man, they're, they're just a, a great all-around uh, food and organism, definitely. Yeah, mushrooms in the diet. And if you want to take the next step, use them for a supplement. Now, this is a question I ask all my guests. If Jeff had 30 to 45 minutes to relax, which you and I both know, if you're doing something as you are doing or my entrepreneurship, or we are very rarely have 35 or 30 to 45 minutes to relax, but we have to relax because that's what, yes. that's what helps us get into a parasympathetic mode. Correct. So what album or artist would you put on to listen to? Oh man, music. Oh yeah. Let's just see here. Um, um, who have I been listening to lately? Well, you, you know what? I guess I could say, you know, because there are so many different groups, but my, my favorite all time group, just to sort of not only bring back happiness, but just the music is so wonderful. I love it so much would be the Beatles. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were amazing. They, they, every time I hear them, and you still hear them on the radio and stuff, they just bring me joy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll agree with that as well. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for popping on here today with me. And thank you for so, <laughs> I'm so grateful for you reaching out. I was, like I said, I was ecstatic when I opened that because I've been looking for the perfect mushroom expert for three and a half years and you popped up and I was like, yes. <laughs> so, I appreciate that well, very much. I'm, I had a great, hopefully yeah, I get to I, uh, meet you someday. Hopefully our paths crossed at one of these conventions yeah, or I know absolutely. you go to uh, a couple of conventions. What do you, which ones do you go to? We, we uh, sometimes will go to, we, we have been going to for quite a while now, this one uh, called paleo FX, which is one down in in uh, Austin which has been kind of good to, to talk to people there. Um, we do Supply Side West, which is kind of a really big ingredient show. Um, next year, we will probably be down at the Natural Foods Expo. Do you ever go to okay. Natural Foods Expo? I'm not, or, I'm not doing that one. I am going to do A4M, which is the Academy for Anti-Aging. Okay. You know what? You should you should uh, send me a, a list of some of the places that you yeah. go to and we can exchange those because, you know, we're kind of branching out. We go to different things. We kind of target a smaller uh, shows that are, are really kind of special in their own way. Uh, but we don't do a lot of shows every year, but we do do it. Anti-aging one might be one. You, yeah. The, a, the A4M one is in. Yeah. No. It's usually in Vegas in, the, in December and Orlando in the spring. So they do it twice a year. Okay. And Paleo okay. FX is on my list to go to down in Austin. I it's just a fun have show. That, yeah, I'll bet. I bet because there's a lot of biohackers there. Oh yeah, and they they absolutely are. And you know what? Austin's a great a great town. Oh, it's a beautiful town. It's a, a fun city to be in. And you know, I have to tell you, I don't get to the East Coast very much. I kind of like. You know, other than the Paleo FX, I kind of draw the line at the Rockies, and maybe I'll go to Denver. But any further east is kind of a stretch for me. Yeah. And I'm telling you that here from Patagonia. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's on my. I tell you what, Patagonia is on my 
list of fantasy fishing, fly fishing trips? Dude, hey, I can tell you, not only that, if you ever want to come down while I'm here, I can take you to the rivers and and uh, you'll you'll have some fabulous trout fishing. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Come. I mean, I get up every day and that's what I do. I just go to the river and go fishing. Wow. When you first asked that question about relaxation, I was just going to go, oh yeah, well, that's just going to the river and fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's on my bucket list is a fly fishing trip to Patagonia because it's amazing from what I've heard. Oh, it, it is indeed. And so anytime that you are are thinking about it seriously, let me know and I can I'll definitely reach out to you. direct you to the places or if I'm down here, we can get together and I'll take you to those places. I have a car down here. So. Oh, nice. How often do you get down to Patagonia? Do you live there? Every year. Oh, every year? Okay. All right. And then yeah, where do you so, go back to so Washington? In, in like uh, January. Yeah. I, I live up in British Columbia. Okay. Yeah, That's right around the Vancouver, Vancouver area. Oh, yeah, oh. it's beautiful. You know well, Vancouver then. Well, I when I was in the military, I was in the Navy, and we pulled yep. into Vancouver for to show the ship off. So oh yeah, could, yeah, and and so you you saw it. I mean, Vancouver. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful it's a, place. It's a light on the water. Oh, it's the mountains in the background. It, you, yeah, and it's perfect climate. Yes, in the in the summertime, there's nowhere else you want to be. Right, not in the winter though. Not in the winter. That's why I'm in Patagonia. It's summer down here right now. Right, it's, it's winter, summer right now. Winter in BC. It's summer down here. So yeah, I, I like to be in perpetual summer. Yeah, there's actually a fly fishing shop here in Atlanta, where I live. Oh yeah. Uh, that does a trip every year to Patagonia. Like I think it's the f- this time of year actually February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, February is the peak of the season for sure. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm lucky. I get to spend three months down here. So. Oh, man. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. And thank you. Like I said, I'm very grateful. And thanks a lot for the information, man. I can't wait to try out your shrooms. And and uh, I'm going to do this giveaway. And I'm going to put your uh, shrooms on the website for sale. And, you know, if people want to get them, they can come right to my website, to my toolbox, and they'll be there. Awesome, Tom. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.